Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Renee Lasapio shares a story about what can happen when you crash your bike on a long trip. When I was 22, I graduated from graduate school. I worked really hard. Yeah, I took 21 credit hours my last three semesters. I literally, it's kind of a blur. And at the end of my graduate career, I wanted to do something really great for myself. I worked really hard, and I got myself through school. And at work one day, I was talking to my friend Mason. And Mason had been on a trip previously. He biked across the country. He biked from Bar Harbor, Maine to Seattle, Washington. And he said, Renee, I think that it would be a really great idea if you did this trip as well. And the trip was part of this nonprofit organization called Bike the U.S. for MS. And MS meaning multiple sclerosis. It's a disease that affects the nervous system, specifically the brainstem. And it affects people in a lot of different ways. Some people lose their sensation in their hands. Some people can't walk anymore. Uh, They get blurred eyesight. They get vertigo. And when Mason was telling me about this organization and about this disease, uh, it resonated with me. And so I thought, hey, why not? To be a part of the organization, you had to raise about $5,000. So I did some art shows and raised some money at the grocery store and through mutual friends. And I was able to raise enough money to participate. Now, the organization itself is very low budget. People camp. Uh, they start out as strangers. They start out in Bar Harbor, Maine. And every day we camp. We, we rode about 80 miles a day from town to town to town. It took about two months, but after college, I didn't really have any prospects, so I said, hey, why not? And what's important about this, this group and, and the people who went on it is that we started as strangers. We didn't know each other, but we all had this common goal as far as being part of this advocacy tour. And one of the many things that I learned about being on this trip was that Americans are very generous, The people that I met and their willingness to help me out in strange situations, I was was so touched by it. We were in North Dakota, and there was a tornado warning. I think it was a tornado warning. And there was a priest who was in a nearby church, and he opened up his church doors for us to stay inside as opposed to camping out in the bad weather. There was another situation where... uh, an individual made us dinner for our whole group. We had about 15 to 20 people on this ride, and so it was, it was very touching to, to know that people were willing to, to help out and to extend a uh, token of generosity. So there's this one, one day, I think it was day 46 of this ride, and I was riding into Sandpoint, Idaho, which is on the panhandle of Idaho. It's middle of... Uh, west, and it was about a 100-mile day ride, or 100, yeah, 100-mile day ride. So we started off in McDonald's. Usually we'd start off at some some fast food restaurant and kind of charge our phones, because again, we were at campsites overnight, so we had to pack up our camp stuff, load up our support van, and then start our ride. So we were at McDonald's, charged up our phones, and we were ready to go. And on our ride, we were going down maybe a 1 or 2% grade, and that if you don't know what that means, that means that the road is sloped, and so you're kind of 
right in the wave, and we had a, a really great tailwind, so we're, we're moving about 20, 25 miles an hour. And there were four riders in front of me, and I was pulling up the rear. And typically, as a cyclist, whenever you see something in the road, you point it out. If there's some gravel, maybe a rock, you, you point, you shake your hand, or you yell, hey, there's some pebbles. So, <laughs> and so we're riding in about a three-foot shoulder, and on the right side, there was a concrete median. And I could kind of see over, see that it was about maybe a 20-foot drop into some railroad tracks. And on my left-hand side was the roadway, and there were cars uh, passing back and forth. And I could see that the riders in front of me pointed out, and they said, oh, there's a grate. So I said, okay, I can't go on my right because there's a, a concrete median. And on my left, I could see a car coming towards me. And as I came up across the sewer grate, I was going to, to go left. And I was like, I could see that it was pretty big. I could see that it was taking up the whole shoulder. And so I was going to go left. I was going to go left. And the car was coming pretty quick. And at the last minute, I said, ah, I got it. I'll take it. And it turns out that that sewer grate was roughly seven or eight inches inset into the asphalt. And going at 20, 25 miles an hour, I hit it. And I went down. And I slid about 20 feet on my right side, and I curled up, and I remember hitting the median and then blacked out for two or three seconds. Uh, not, not that quick, but quick enough to, I could feel my body seize and say, oh, well, something happened. Uh, <laughs> had I not been wearing a helmet, I would have definitely had a brain injury. That's why I'm always an advocate. Wear your helmets, guys. I know they look dorky, especially with the mirrors, but very important. So I came to, and my friends turned around, they came back, and they said, Renee, all we heard was you say, oh shit, and then a big crash. <laughs> and so eventually the organizer, Cassie, she came back, she was driving, and it just so happened that she was visiting our group just to kind of check in and say, you know, hey guys, you're doing really great, uh, thank you for all of your fundraising, just making sure the trip was going well. And so Cassie, she drove and checked in on me, she had a First aid kit, she wiped me down with iodine. I was all covered in gravel. I had gravel on my knee, and my jersey was all ripped, my face was kind of torn up, and I was really rattled. And we were only in the ride about two miles of a 100-mile day. And Cassie, she turned to me and she said, Renee, I really don't want you to ride. I want you to get in the car with me, and, and we'll just get to Sam Point and let that be that. And I was so stubborn. <laughs> I... I said, no, I, I don't want to go. I want to do the ride today. I want to do every single mile today. Because the whole trip is 4,295 miles, and I wanted to ride every single one. I didn't want to be a pansy. And she, she really fought me. She really fought me on it. And I thought back to one of the individuals that I had met on the trip, uh, the person who had uh, MS. And they turned to me and they said, I wish I could do what you're doing right now. And I thought about that person, and I thought about everybody else that I was, that I was raising awareness for and, and, and advocating for, and I, I wanted to ride for them. And I, that might sound cheesy, but that, that's what motivated me to get back on my bike and ride the rest of the way. So I eventually got to Sandpoint at dusk, and a friend of mine, Diane, who was on the trip, she reached out and she said, 
hey, I heard that you got in a really bad accident. Uh, I got a hotel room, and I got two beds. And I really would appreciate it if you, if you stayed with me. I, I know that you've had a really rough day, and camping wouldn't necessarily be that great, especially since you got injured. Come and stay. And I, and I was so touched by the fact that she thought of me and uh, wasn't a bystander, and she didn't say something like, well, that's, that's not my problem. Because <laughs> a lot of people do say that. And the next day, I, I was so exhausted, and I was so tired, and I, I didn't really know what to do about my bike, because I, I, I thrashed my wheels. Uh, the reason why I was able to get to Sandpoint was because Cassie had given me a spare set. But I had to figure out how I was going to replace it, because I couldn't, I couldn't use her uh, lender set long-term for the rest of the ride. And... So that day, and, and same point, I was going to all these different bike shops trying to figure out, okay, how can I fix my bike? How can I repair it? And um, so I went out, and when I came back, I saw my bike, and my bike had a new wheel set on it. So it didn't have the, the lender set on it anymore. I had a, a new set. And I went to all the other riders, and I said, who, who replaced my wheel set? Who, uh, did you guys pull money together? Is this, did you guys fix my old set? And it turned out that Diane and two of the other riders pooled funds and they, they replaced my wheels. So I didn't, I didn't have to go and, and buy a new wheel set myself. They, they did it on their own accord. And as a college student, I was, I was so appreciative of it because I didn't really have the money to, to do that myself. So we ended up you know, proceeding past Sandpoint and getting uh, to Seattle, Washington. Finally finished up the trip. We kind of celebrated had some bottles of champagne, and at the end of the trip, Diane turned to me, and she said, Renee, I, I really want to take you to, to show you where I live. Diane, actually, she lives on Whidbey Island, which is right outside of the city of Seattle. It's a beautiful place. And so she, she took me on the ferry, and she brought me to her house, and she showed me where she would go and read books along the beach, and she showed me all the back roads where she trained for this ride. And I was so touched by all of these these acts of kindness that she bestowed on me and all of the people that I met on this, on this cycling trip. And what is, after the trip, when I, I flew back from Seattle, back to the East Coast, I eventually ended up in Norfolk and started my current job. What resonated with me most about these acts of kindness were that, was that, that they were acts of kindness without expectation. We hope you enjoyed this story of kindness. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.